Now this morning, I want to start out with a sermon series that God has put in my heart. That um, it's really a word that that I felt that that this is where we are at. This is where we are at, and I want to call the series. It's going to it's going to be called Step Into. Step Into. Because it's the end of the century and it's the beginning of a new century, and we all started settling into the idea that the new year started, right? But every time I speak to someone, we don't really want to recognize that. Okay, here we go again. <laughs> I still want to do, and I still want to do holiday. I still want to rest a bit. But this week coming, we're in it. If you're going to step into it, God's going to do something amazing. Now, when I think about the new year, I usually remember one thing. I remember the January when I signed up to do my lifesaver qualification. Now, I'm actually a lifesaver, believe it or not. I don't think I'm qualified anymore. It was a long time ago. But I'm actually a qualified instructor to, to instruct life lifesavers. Um, I think the, the I had to renew it a long time ago, so it's not worth anything now. But I remember I was young. We thought, hey, it's going to be fun in the pool for a couple of weeks. I'm going to sign up. So as soon as you get yourself, you sign up, you pay, and then you get your schedule and you realize, oh, goodness. Because all the training times for this thing, you've got six weeks of training and then you do the exam. All the six weeks of training is six o'clock in the mornings. And I thought, oh, how did I miss that one? But now I've paid already. And there's no going back. There's only going forward. So that first morning when I got there, 6 o'clock, I, I could see only through one eye. The steam was dry. Was, have you seen early in the morning on a swimming pool? The steam is like hovering over the swimming pool. And you thought, what am I doing up? I should be sleeping still. I'm still in that holiday routine. And I know there's going to be a, a bit of suffering going with this swimming pool in this next six weeks. And the only thing I knew was, there's no going back, there's only going forward. There's only stepping into this pool and training to make this thing happen. And, um, and that's what I did. And I made it, just, because um, I'm not a great swimmer, <laughs> but I did it. And I was actually a lifeguard at swimming pools in our hometown for a couple of Decembers on and on. And I was actually quite of an income over the holidays. So. Now it's almost, for me, it's almost like the New Year. You can't go back, you have to go forward. There's only stepping in, there's no stepping back. You can't stay in 2019. You need to step into the 2020 thing that God has for us. Am I right? There's just one thing about a new year. You have to go for it. Now, no matter how much you still want to be in holiday, there's just, there's just a new year and a stepping in. Now how we step into something new determine a lot. It determines a lot. You can step into something with confidence, or you can hovering around the stepping in because of fear. It's your decision. Now, I have done both, stepped into a year with confidence, and hovering around, I still want to be on holiday because I don't want to step into this new thing because of fear in my life. Now, the confidence one was better. <laughs> the fear one was a struggle because I just couldn't get my year going because fear was holding me back. Now, I read this story this week. I love reading all these New Year's stories of new things. And this was great. One boy that had to go to school. Now, I know it's a big season for a kid to go to school. And he was lying in bed the night. Tomorrow morning is the first morning at school. And he was lying. And there was a thunderstorm outside. And the thunder was hitting. And the rain was 
pounding on the roof and his mom sat with him and she tucked him into bed and he lied there with big eyes and he asked his mom, he said, Mommy, can I come, can you sleep with me here in bed tonight? And she said, no, sorry, my son. I mean, I have to sleep with daddy tonight. And he looked at her and he thought after a while of silence, he said, oh, the big sissy. <laughs> I think the mom had some chuckles going back to, to bed and that was the first day of him going into a new season of life, growing up. But there's so much to talk about in 2020. Am I right? Have you, have you been listening to people speaking about 2020? Have you been listening to stuff? People have been saying, oh, this is going to be a good year for our country. There's going to be some turnaround for our economy and what's going to happen. Some people say, oh, it's going to be a tough year. It's going to be this and this and that. And then you listen to some prophets prophesying that this is going to be a year where the church is going to start standing up. And the church is going to start rising up above the challenges in life. And, and then you hear a different prophet say, yeah, but it's going to be this and it's going to be that. And so many people are saying so many things. And I thought about and I listened about all, to all these things and I thought about, okay, Lord, I hear this. And I'm trying to hear what you're saying. And I know what God is saying to, to, to us as a church. And I sat there and I said, Lord, I'm hearing all these things, but why, how about me? Or maybe how about you? Am I part of the bigger context or is everything that everybody is saying is just a big picture thing? How about me personally for this new year? Now I looked at a picture in, um, on social media this, this week and I saw this on Facebook. I'm not on Facebook a lot, but it says just seven days into 2020, there was big stuff happening in Iran. There was Puerto Rico, there was earthquakes and everything collapsed and Alaska, there's a this erupting volcano that's wreaking havoc in Puerto Rico. There's in Australia, you can't see, but it's, it's a map of Australia at night and half of Australia is burning. And then Indonesia is flooding all over. And just in seven days of the first new year, looking at that, my question changed and said, Oh my goodness, Lord, how am I going to step into this new year with confidence just looking at that? Now I'm serving God. And some of, most of us and, and, and so many of us are serving God. How about somebody who don't serve God? How do they step into the new year looking at doom and gloom that the world is painting around us? You see, I wonder if this is the picture in the first seven days. Do we really feel that we can step into this year with confidence? If you believe or not, if you trust or not, Maybe you hear this morning and say, I don't know if I can step into this new year with confidence or not. There's maybe some giant shouting at me. There's some challenges in my life that I don't know how to navigate. I don't know if I can step into this year with confidence. Well, in the next five weeks, I want to dive into this series, looking at stepping in. And we're going to look at topics like stepping into your calling as a believer. I want to look at the topic, stepping into your victory. And then I want to look at one week stepping into the more that God has for you. Do you know God has more for you than you, that you're seeing at the moment? God has so much more for you. I'm thinking through, this, through one of our weeks that stepping into disciplines that will strengthen you for this year. Which is so important. And we sometimes always navigate past that. But we, we need to talk about disciplines that can strengthen you 
in that place where you serve God. Now today I want to start out and build a bit of foundation for the next couple of weeks to come. And I want to look at the following. I want to look at stepping into your promised land. Stepping into your promised land. Now I believe that God has a promised land for all of us. Do you know that? No matter where you are, who you are, what you've done in your life, where you're going, God has a promised land for you. And maybe you, if you are like me, your first question will be is like, okay, but how, what is a promised land and how does it look? Is there actually something like that? <laughs> now maybe a promised land can be a place or a perfect scenario you are thinking about. Living out your purpose for God one step at a time, living out exactly what you, what you are called to do. Maybe that's your promised land. Maybe a promised land could be a place where you have reached the position that you work in your business that you've longed for so long. Maybe your promised land can be reaching um, or earning that salary that you always want to earn. Buying that and owning that house or that car that you've been saving up for so long. Doing that thing that you've been that you're wanting to do but you've been dreaming of and think, oh, that's maybe my promised land. Maybe, maybe for you it's retirement, living at a beach town, taking long beach walks every morning, having your coffee on a porch. Maybe that's your promised land. Amen. Amen. <laughs> at least one of you are thinking about. Maybe, maybe your promised land is, is having your own family, seeing your kids grow up worry-free. See, that's a good promised land. See, Maybe I should sum it up. Maybe our promised land we can sum up as what are you dreaming? What, is, what are you dreaming about? That's what I've been always dreaming about where I know God has been taking me. That thing that God is ticking on my heart to do, to become, to accomplish. Maybe that's your, that we can sum up as our promised land. People always make New Year's resolutions. Do you know why? And because always the New Year's resolutions only make it till February. Well, sometimes mostly mine do. So I don't make, I make, I make, I make life resolutions so that it, I don't cap it by New Year. But people make New Year resolutions because they want to change things to reach their promised land. They want to do new things this year so that I can reach that dream, reach that thing that I know God has called me to do. But most people don't realize that every promised land, before every promised land lies a wilderness, or lies a challenge or two, or lies a few mountains. Because it's only in your wilderness that God really molds you. Like God is molding you to step into that place of your promised land. And sometimes we're stepping through a wilderness season in our lives, and I don't know about you, but the last two, three years was quite a wilderness for most people. It was quite a tough challenge. Tough things happened. We saw a couple of things in our lives that, that uh, in our country, in our lives that have thought, wow, Lord, when is this wilderness season going to end? But I believe that God is changing something in this change of century. He's getting us ready to step into our promised land. I really believe that. I really believe that 2020 is going to be a change that will, will ignite something in people's lives, in our country, in the world, to see Christians standing up, believers standing up, 
churches growing, dreams being accomplished, I really believe that this is the year that God's going to start doing something. Now if you look in the Bible, and I'm going to get into the Word today, you look at Israel, they stood in front of their promised land. Yes, they did. They just came out of Egypt. They saw God did miracles. They saw the ten plagues. They saw amazing things. I'm not going to go into that, but they saw the biggest miracles the world has ever seen. And they stood on the edge of the promised land. And Moses sent in seven spies. They came back and because of fear and unbelief, they missed it. And God sent them back into the wilderness for 40 years. And just think how tough it must have been for Joshua and Caleb. The only two people on that spy team that came and said, let's take it, we can do this. We've seen the miracles that God has done. We can take this country now. And because of everybody's unbelief, they had to go back to the desert, knowing that the land that they need to be supposed, in, be in, supposed to be in are flowing with milk and honey and they're not allowed to go in because people are in unbelief. And they had to wander through the desert for 40 more years. Think about what had to be, how, how much character God had to build in our hearts because of that. Now it makes me wonder how many times we have missed it. Not stepping into our promised land because of unbelief and fear. How many times I've missed stepping into promises, stepping into things that God has laid up for me because of unbelief and fear in my life. And I just want to be real. There was many such moments. When I look back now as I've grown as a believer, grown as a Christian, grown as a pastor through the years where I've missed things where God said, step into this. This is your promise. And I was like, oh Lord, maybe this is not the right time. Maybe, maybe I need to just pray about it first. Does it sound familiar? No. We all know that why the wilderness took 50 years, or 40 years. Did you ever thought about that? Why God had to send them into wilderness for 40 more years? Because He had to wait till the unbelieving generation dies out. Think about Joshua and Caleb had to wait till the unbelieving generation dies before their eyes and they were the only two left who saw the promised land who saw the miracles in Egypt who saw what God has done for them to get them to that point you see God sometimes have to wait till our attitude change a bit until our faith level rises a bit till he brings us back to that shore of this is your promised land but the amazing thing God always brings us back he always brings us back to that moment it's like, I'm just waiting for you. I'm just waiting for you. Only two men, Joshua and Caleb, came back and they were there. And I can just think, Joshua stood in front of that promised land. Moses just died. God appointed him. We're going to read about it now. Thinking, looking at that promised land, thinking. If I were Joshua, I thought, I'm not going to go back to that desert. Not again. I'm not going to go back because of fear, unbelief, because of I missed it, but I'm going to go forward. This time, I'm going to step in. This time, I'm going to step in. Now, are you ready to step into 2020? So it's a good question to ask. 
Are you ready for this year? Because God is ready. And that's a question I ask myself. Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready. Now let's read together in Joshua. I'm going to read in Joshua 1, verse 1 to 9. And it's going to be on the board. And you can follow there. So let's read together. It says, After the death of Moses, the Lord, Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan into the land I'm giving you. Now let's just pause there before I go on. God told Joshua, the time has come. He said, Joshua, I want to let you know, I know you're mourning, I know you're sad, because he was shadowing Moses everywhere again. Moses was like his father. His father died. He was mourning, and God came to him and spoke to him and said, Joshua, the time has come for you to stand up. The time for you to lead is now. You can't, you can't dive into emotions, fear, or anything else because you are without a leader. I'm making you a leader. Stand up. See, now we need to understand that this was not just a normal get yourself ready. <laughs> it's not just like I'm telling someone, get yourself ready, we're going to run five kilometers. Are you ready? Come on. It's not that kind of thing. This was probably the biggest job opportunity or job offer that the world has ever seen up to that point. Because what Moses done, nobody could do. He was probably the greatest leader in the Old Testament that, that we know of. And suddenly Joshua had to fill that shoes. Now if you think about that scenario, it changes things. God's asking him to lead two and a half million people into a land with giants. And it's people that love to moan. People that love to doubt God. And he to stand up and says, Yes, Lord, I'm ready. Yes, Lord, I'm ready. But see, before he even can start to think about the job offer, God immediately gave him a promise. Look at that. He says, I promise you what I have promised Moses. I promise you what I have promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land, on the land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness to the south of the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Ephrates River into the east, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you nor abandon you. Now, just stop there. Isn't that a great promise? Isn't that incredible? If you think about the promise God just gave Joshua, He just gave him one of the scariest job offers there is. And before Joshua could answer, He said, wait, let me just give you a promise with that. Everything you do, no, nothing will be able to stand against you. And everything you'll do, you will prosper. Now, how many of us are standing in front of our promised land, but there's so, 
there's so many things standing or situations or people standing in between us and our promised land. Think about how many things has kept you from your promised land. How many people, men, situations, challenges, giants that you've been facing that kept you from walking into that promised land. And as God has given the promise to Joshua, God has given the promise to us to say, nobody will stand before you this time. But you will walk into this promised land. You will step into this thing because I am ordaining this. I am ordaining this year. See, there's only one person who can keep you out of the promised land. Do you know who that is? Yourself. Just yourself. Because God is keeping, He just promised that nobody will stand in front of you. The only guy who could keep Joshua from entering that promised land was himself. By the decision he made, by the step he take, the decision to, and I'm, am I going to step into this, or am I going to pray a bit about this? Maybe I should think about this. Maybe I should do this. Maybe, Lord, can I just, give me three days, Lord. But then look what God does. God started encouraging Joshua. He said, be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. And he says, be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night. So, and you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Then, only then will you, be, will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord, your God, is wherever you go. Isn't that a great promise? If you think about it, wherever you go, whatever you decide, if you, when you step into this unknown thing that you don't know what you're going to do, Lord, but I trust you, God says, I'll be there. I'll be with you. Just be strong and courageous. I'll be there. Just be strong and courageous. Don't worry. No one will be able to stand against you. I'll be there. Just be strong and courageous. Now, do you know that God created us for a longing for encouragement? It's part of who we are as human beings that we have a longing to be encouraged. We want to be encouraged. How many of you don't like encouragement? I mean, I, I've never met someone like that. It's like, I don't, I don't like being encouraged. I like you to, to say bad things at me. That, I've never met someone like that. Everyone on earth with a God-given DNA loves to be encouraged. See, to be encouraged makes us stronger. I don't know about you, but I'm better when people encourage me. I'm more productive, I'm more creative, I'm more passionate. But I'm just better when people encourage me. I'm a better person. Guess what? I'm who God made me to be when I'm encouraged. People struggle in an atmosphere where there's no encouragement. And God knows it and here he proves it. God knew that encouraging Joshua 
will put courage and strength in his veins. He knew that I'm going to give this boy an awesome job description. It's going to freak him out probably. Then I'm going to give him a promise. But then I need to encourage this man. Because he will need encouragement to step this thing up and to step in. Now as we know God, God doesn't really repeat things. When God speaks, it's the truth. The scripture says, my words will not return void, but will accomplish whatever I send it. God's words create. So when God says something, He doesn't repeat it. But when God does repeat something, you need to know this is super important. This is something that God wants that person to hear. So God comes three times and says, be strong and courageous. Joshua, are you ready? Have you heard this? Be strong and courageous. Joshua, you haven't heard this. I want you to be strong and courageous. So for God to repeat anything twice or three times is quite significant. See, God knew it's only, only out of a place of encouragement that Joshua will be able to step into this thing. Because where was Joshua, remember? He was in a place of discouragement. His father, mentor, leader has just died. He was in a place of mourning discouragement. And God says, let me encourage you. Let me bring you back to this place of encouragement so that you can step up and step in. You see, so many of us are still standing on the edge of the promised land with nobody to shout us on and to encourage us. And that's why we're still standing there. That's why we're still struggling to step into something new that God has given us. You see, we all need people around us that can shout us on, that can encourage us, that can spur you on and say, man, you can do it. You can do it. You're amazing. Just, out, just see how many things you've accomplished this year. Remember my quote from Bill Johnson? That God says, rather feed on the things God is doing than the things He isn't. It will feed you. Because you will focus on the positive rather on, than on the negative. Because God's going to do it. But rather focus on what He's doing now. And therefore we need people to encourage us, to spur us on, to say, you can do this. You're amazing. Be strong and courageous. For God is with you. Nobody will be able to stand in front of you. Or against you and God and your promised land. So then, after that, Joshua got up and he stepped in. Let's read verse 10 and, 9, 10, 10 and 11. He said, Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel. And he said, go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you. So I want you to see what's happening here. Joshua, the guy in the background, the guy who, who was the armor bearer for Moses, nobody worried about Joshua. He was mourning the death of his leader. God comes and he do all those stuff and suddenly Joshua jumps up and he commands the leaders of Israel to go. See, only a man that's encouraged by God and the promises of God can stand up and command leaders to move. He was so infused with encouragement that he said, go. 
And he gave them three important things I want to give you this morning. So if we want to step into our promised land this year in 2020, there's three important things that you need to look at. You need to make a note of. You need to make a mark somewhere. But the first thing he said to them, he said, get ready. Get your provisions ready. Now on that day, he said to them, get some manna ready, get some food ready. But the, the crux of it, he said, get ready. Get ready. Now this is very important to be ready is to be expectant that God will do something. See, if you're not ready, you're not expectant. You're not. You're just laid back on holiday. But when you're ready, you're expectant that something is going to happen. Something is coming. If you're praying for God for breakthrough, you need to be expectant and ready that God's going to break through. And Joshua said, I want you guys to get ready. You've got three days. Are you ready? I don't know if you've ever waited for something and it happened, you weren't ready. It's not fun. When you know a friend has to come and pick you up for a movie or whatever and he says quarter past nine and he pitches at nine and you just got out of the shower. And it's like, oh, and you... It's, it's, it's better to be ready than not to be ready. But see, but Joshua is making sure that the people are ready but not just ready, they are expectant. He said to them, I want you to expect God's goodness to come. We are not going back into that desert. But I want you to be ready for, for in three days. We are going to take possession of that land. Now I believe that God said to all of us today and this new year in January to get ready. To get ready to step into something new that God has for you. To get ready to, to step into that moment of breakthrough that you've been dreaming about, you've been trusting God about, you've been, you, you know that God has put that thing on your heart, but you haven't seen the move of God. And I believe God says, now is the time to be ready. Are you expectant? Are you expectant to step into this new year? See, 2020 is a turn from the wilderness to the promised land. Second thing he said, was take possession. Take possession. And he says, take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you. So he says, take something that God has already given you. You just need to take it. Now, I don't know about you, but when a dad comes to his child with a chocolate to give it to them, do the child think, I don't know, can I take this? What? No, no, if daddy comes with a gift and a chocolate... There's no asking if I can take it or not. It's taking possession. <laughs> it's taking possession of that thing. But see, that's why Joshua, pre Joshua prepared them to be expectant. Because Daddy had a gift. Father God had a gift for them. That's why when God moved them into their promised land, that there will be no fear or doubt for them when they take possession of that land. But they will be expectant that there's a gift for them that they're going to take. They've waited 40 years for this. Now I have, I have to sometimes confess to myself in moments when I'm on the edge and I know I'm still in the wilderness but I'm moving towards my promised land. I have to confess and speak to myself 
to make myself expectant. So in the last couple of months, in the last couple of years, I know we've gone through a bit of a wilderness season, and Lord, we, we don't see the promised land like we want to, but, but as soon as the doubt and fear comes, I will stand up and say, thank you, Father. Thank you that I'm stepping in to your promise. I'm stepping into this promised land. Thank you, Father. I do, not have, I do not have doubt. I do not have fear. But I've got a promise that you've given me. Sometimes you have to speak to yourself to encourage yourself and to remind yourself that the moment to take possession is here. It is here. When I'm waiting and expectant, I will encourage and build my faith every time I speak to myself. Encourage yourself. If nobody is around you to encourage you in that moment, then encourage yourself. That's what David did in the, in the, in the cave of Abdullam. People wanted to kill him. He went into the cave and he started encouraging himself and the Lord by saying, thank you, Father, for your promise. Thank you that you've made me king. You've ordained me already. I'm just stepping into this promise. No matter if people want to kill me, if things are happening around me, I'm stepping into this promise. And the same with us. Do you know what the, defined, the definition of taking possession is? It's to gain or assume ownership of something. It's to assume ownership. So, so Joshua said, in three days I want you to take possession. That means to go and take ownership of what God has already given us. So are we ready to take ownership of what God wants to give us this year? Are we ready to take ownership of your relationship with Him, of your finances, of, your, of whatever in your life? Are you ready to take ownership of those things in your life? You see, God has already given us ownership of our promised land. We just need to step in. We just need to step into that moment and say, Lord, I'm ready. I'm stepping in. I don't know what's coming. There might be suffering. I promise there will be, a, I know there will be a lot of joy. But I'm stepping in. Then after three days, the following happened. You remember Joshua said, get ready. In three days we're going to take possession of the land. And then he sent spies into the country. They came back three days after that. This is what happened. So three days later, the Israel officers went through the camp giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about half a mile behind them, keeping clear distance between you and the Ark. Make sure you do not come any closer. Now the third thing Joshua told them is to follow. Is to follow See, the Ark of the Covenant was God's power and His presence with Israel. Physically. Physically, His power and presence was on the Ark as they carried it. But see, He commanded the people to follow the priest carrying the Ark. So what He actually said, Joshua, is, I want you to follow God's presence into your promised land. I want you to follow God's presence. Look for His presence. Don't look for me. Look for His presence. Because if you follow His presence and His word, you will enter into your promised land successful. 
But then he said something which is quite amazing. He says, since you've never traveled this way before, they will guide you. See, when we stand at the brink of entering our promised land, not knowing what is to come, not knowing what will this new year bring, there's going to be a path you're going to walk that you've never traveled or walked before. And you're going to come to that place and say, Lord, I don't know how, I'm going to, how, am I, how am I going to steer clear of these things? Not fearing, not doubting. God says, I just want you to follow my presence. Because if you follow my presence, you will know the path. You will see where you have to go. You will know how to navigate this. See, God says, since you've never stepped into this, follow me. I will guide you. Because none of us has been in 2020. We're just stepping into it. Every year is something new for us. I believe this year is a year of promises. A year where we're going to see God's provision comes. See His, His way and His direction and His breakthrough comes. But then in verse 15, and I want to end with this. It says the following. Now it was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. Now I just pause there. The Jordan River was a normal river. But one, one time in a year it was raining so the river banks, that river was wild. Now I don't know if you've ever seen a river in flood. You don't go swimming in a river that's in flood. You don't go walking into it. You are, I mean, it is a fearful sight. And the Jordan River is a big river. Go and Google it and see how big that river is. And go and Google the, the pictures. I actually should have shown you a picture. That how the river looks when it's in, 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 in flood. It is a scary sight. And the priest went. And let's read further. It says, But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above the point began backing up a great distance. Miles and miles and miles to the, to the town of Adam. Now that's a different sermon. To the town of Adam, the water backed up and a wall, it says, a wall of water was standing backing up the water for the Israelites to walk through on dry ground. While the Ark of the Covenant stood in the middle of the river. When we follow God's presence and He's lead, leading, He will do miracles. He will move things out of the way that is obstacles in our way. Maybe there's some obstacles in your way. There's financial obstacles. There's these things. There's that things. There's all these things that's obstacles in your way. But God says, when you trust my presence and you follow me through this river, you will be safe to the other side. And the scripture says, if you read on, the Ark of the Covenant with the priests stood still in the middle of that river till the whole nation of Israel, two, over two million people walked through, safely to the other side. And as they walked through, the water came through again. I believe that as we're journeying into the new year, as we're journeying into 2020, there's so much promises that's waiting for us. I don't think there's only one promise for you this year. There's so much. There's so many things. For some of us, there's significant things that need to break through to steer you clear into your promised land and into what God is calling you. 
Some of you, some of us are ripe. Are we standing at this edge? We are so ready to step in. God says, it's time to jump in. We've been lingering around that, the side of a river for too long. But as we're following His presence into that river, God says, I'm going to do miracles for you. I'm going to move things around that you don't know how it's going to move around. I'm going to do things for you that people can't do, but I can. I'm going to position you in places this year where you're going to see more of my goodness, more of my presence than ever. Are you ready for it? Why don't you stand with me? I want to pray for us for this year.